Welcome back everyone to HTO. Hope you're well. Premier League season is in full swing. Football is firmly back. Uh, a little bit of a different chat today. Today we're going to do a rivalries, a head-to-head, a classic Premier League encounter. We're going to talk about Patrick Vieira versus Roy Keane and what a rivalry. Um, I am, as ever, joined by my co-host Andrew. We are at as ever at HTO Football on all your socials. All the pods can be found on all your possibles, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the work. So go find us, give us a listen. Andrew, looking forward. This is a classic rivalry, isn't it? I mean, it, let's be honest, it defined a Premier League era for a good five, six, seven years. Oh, that was going to be my first line, Tom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say classic. I mean, it is the rivalry. If we're talking about players, I mean, if you ask the modern day fan, I'm sure we'd would go straight in for like, oh, Ronaldo versus Messi. Like, come on, like that that isn't really a rivalry in the true sense of the word. It's just they're they're competitors. <laughs> Whereas with Keenan Vieira, I mean they had they had us all gripped from sort of 97 to nine uh, 2005, 2006. And um yeah, I, I don't think there was there was once before that, and I don't think we've had one since. No, it's true. I mean, how many years in a row? Did Arsenal or Man United finish first or second? I think there was a rogue year, I think, when, when Arsenal won the league in 2002. 96 to 2004, I think it was eight years where they basically swapped. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, they, they swapped the title. And I think it borrowed like a rogue year when Liverpool finished second. Um, I actually think that the other team would have finished second in those years as well. So it's literally, you know, either a roar at the beginning of the season, people tipping for the title um, in just some colossal, colossal... Um, battles. Uh, obviously, we, we do have a little bit of bias. Everyone will know we're Arsenal fans. We will be in the Patrick Vieira camp, but we are going to sort of have a little bit of a deep dive on such a fantastic rivalry, um, which obviously, you know, what, what's so fascinating, I'll be interested to get your take, is, is central midfielders, captains, uh, colosses, leaders, very physical players, but equally very different players in a sort of different, different periods of their careers when they sort of started to collide. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we hear Graham Souness, don't we, every Super Sunday bang on about the, the big games of one in midfield. And um, he likes to tell us that. But it is, it's, it's, it's true. And I think those two coin uh, prime examples of that phrase being, being accurate, really. I mean, Patrick Vieira joins in 96-97 season um, when United are the, the team, mm. you know, by, by a country mile. Um, and Roy Keane is at the heart of that, leading the side, which is a very, which is a great side in it. We're full of full of leaders. I mean, I think that's what we'll talk about in a minute with with Patrick Vieira. That I felt like he really pushed that club on um, more yeah. than more than Roy Keane did. That doesn't mean Roy Keane wasn't a great player, but um, Vieira made that rivalry really on his own, didn't he? Well, you're looking at Roy Keane moving, obviously, to, to United in 1993 from Nottingham Forest. A uh, bit of a hothead, but like a central midfield, box-to-box, passer, defensive midfielder who could kind of do everything. But as you say, he, he arrives in 1993 and they win the title in 93-94. They're pipped to the title by Blackburn, and it's a bit of a surprise in 94-95. But then they win it again in 95-96. They win it again in 96-97. And by this stage, United were firmly sort of establishing themselves as the Premier League force, you know, the birth of the Premier League just a few years earlier, the, the early 90s, um, you know, it was United, it was United decade and obviously as cap, captain of that team, what well, did he take over from Brian Robson? I think he must have done. Um, he, he was leading that and versus Patrick Vieira, 
turning up to Arsenal in 1996 as a bit of a kid, bit of a punt. I was, yeah, I was just about to say, I think in ter- at, that, at that point in their career, Roy Keane is a much more mature footballer. I mean, we, if we, Vieira... 20 years old. Oh, yeah, Vieira, we're talking 20 years old when he turns a 20 year old Vieira, Vieira that in his first season, although we saw glimpses of brilliance, of course, we knew what was there. But there was the odd red card, there was the spitting incidents, there was the pushing and shoving and the, and slapping. And so he he had a lot to learn. Um, and I think he he had to, he had to get that side of his game sort of in the bin, really, for him to become the player he was. But obviously, yeah. he was only a 20 year old. Like, if you can think of someone like Matteo Guendouzi now doing that at Brighton with Mope, and then he gets. He gets he gets like you know shipped out to France. That's, that's, that's a comparison right there. Gwendouzi yeah. and Patrick Vieira. I think Gwendouzi should take that bottle that and use it for the rest of his life. But 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 but, but similar maturities, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm only joking. I'm actually quite big. You know, I'm quite a big Gwendouzi fan. But just I'm like, you know, Patrick Vieira is hallowed hallowed turf. But you know, I think you're you're absolutely right. And you know, Roy Keane is I think 25, 26 when Vieira lands in England, and. You know, at the top of his game for a team, like I said, have won the last two Premier League titles. You've got a gangly, very gifted 20 year old um, from Senegal. We're obviously picking him up um, from, you know, from Milan. Sort of a failed year there after sort of early cutting his teeth in France. Um, And yet the talent is there. And I think what happened in 97, 98 with Arsenal overhauling that huge deficit that they had in the league I think it was 13 points at one point with Vieira in the heart of that midfield but very much in a pivot at that point with with Emmanuel Petit like you wouldn't have said Vieira is the guy at that point he was very much just in that side with Petit if you look at that World Cup final that France go and win Petit starts that game Vieira doesn't you know Petit scores the third goal in that final when they you know when they beat Brazil 3-0 and Vieira is part of that side as opposed to being the heartbeat of that side but I think that's the taste for it. That's the bit where, you know, Roy Keane and Man United suddenly realise they've got a huge rival in England. As a central pivot, Patrick Vieira and Emmanuel Petit have just won the Premier League with Arsenal, overhauling a 13-point deficit. And then they've gone on long and won the World Cup in the summer. And actually, then they're returning as different beasts. Patrick Vieira arrived in 1996 as a 20-year-old. And he's coming back in 1998, the summer after, having just won the Premier League with Arsenal, with a great Arsenal team, and just won the World Cup. And I think then you're suddenly seeing a 22-year-old, 23-year-old man who's ready to go toe-to-toe with a fantastic Roy Keane. And then they just had just so many great battles in the years. Well, I think, and I think what what irked uh, Fergie at the time and Roy Keane and his teammates was the fact that on the back of that double, if my memory serves me rightly, I think Arsenal... I think Arsenal smashed United at Wembley three 0 in, in the community in the community shield. I think it yeah. was. And I think uh, yeah. and I think we beat them three 0 in the league at home as well in that same season. So what you're seeing there is a build up of of annoyance on the yeah. Man United front. You know, this is a team that, well, in terms of Premier League, we're the, we're the guys. You know, and this Arsenal team come along, take take the title away from them with that incredible run that you alluded to earlier, and then they back it up with two convincing victories over them, um, and. That just that just is just ignites the flame, doesn't it? Really, it does. And over the next three or four years, obviously they would trade titles. You know, United would bounce back um, after ninety seven, ninety eight. Obviously, look at this. We, you know, Arsenal go and win the double that year, and then ninety eight, ninety nine. What do Man United go and do? Mm. You know, and I've 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 waxed lyrical about it many times, but I don't think fans. And don't get me wrong. That is the phenomenal achievement. Winning the treble has never been seen since in in the UK teams. We've never we've never witnessed it again. It's phenomenal. But fans do not remember how close Arsenal were to winning the double that year. We should have won the double that year. 
You know, if you look at the if you look at the Premier League, we conceded I think only 17, 19 league goals. Like, and the um, we were far and away. You know, we just threw it with the league title away. Then we had the FA Cup semi final and the Maisie Ryan Giggs run. Um, but you could argue that season is also the Roy King defining season. Look at that Juventus game. We've got to pull it out. They went ahead and did it. Um, and Roy Keane, is it semi-final against Juve? Away? Mm. You know, pulling, pulling mm. that back, arguably one of the single greatest individual performances. Yeah, I think I, I think you could you could probably call that. I think it's it's still referred to this day, isn't it, of his probably his greatest night, the night in Turin. Yeah. Um, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal leader. And I think that's what kind of started to... That's what Vieira didn't have at that point when he arrived. You know, Roy Keane was a leader of men. I think by his own admission, Wiking's not the most gifted footballer that's graced the British leagues. You know, he's not the you know gifted player who's ever played in the Premier League. I don't think anyone would argue that. What he brought to the team was actually an immense sense of togetherness, leadership, dressing room leadership, but also a really just good passer and pressure of the ball. And you wouldn't want anyone else going out to battle for you. Mm-hmm. And I think for Vieira's different stylistically to come along and, and sort of, it, there was a clear clash of that. I don't know whether there was a bit of jealousy on either part for one having all that success, one potentially having all that ability in the career ahead of them. I don't know what was at the heart of it, but I think you said something off air and I think it's very true. I don't necessarily think deep down they hated each other. There was a lot of mutual respect there, wasn't there? Oh, 100%. And, and you know, we, we've already talk, spoke, spoken about three or four fixtures early on in their rivalry where it wasn't really there. It was bubbling, you know, it was bubbling under. And the first time I think we actually see this ignite and kick off is at Highbury in 1999, early on in that 99, 2000 season um, where there's that classic clash that they have where King King actually grabs a brace that day and, Nick's a late, late, late. I was late, there. Late, I was at hybrid that day. Keane, yeah, Roy, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, Roy Keane is not a prolific footballer, and for Roy Keane to go and mm. from a goals perspective, mm. and for him to go and get two goals away at their biggest title rivals, mm. that's huge. Mm. That, that, that's absolutely huge. And that was the um, first. That was the first of many spats. Um, was was that ninety eight, ninety nine? No, no, August nineteen ninety nine. Early on in that season. So it's the season after they won the treble. Yeah, I've just got the stats in front of me. He only scored five league goals that year, Roy He's bloody got two of them at Highbury to down mm. Arsenal. That's mm. huge, that is. But but don't don't you agree? I think I think there was that there was that early bubbling, wasn't there, where this there's this new kid come over from France, Keane sort of sussing him out. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal take the title away just just once, you know, in the 97-98 season. And it's like, okay, what's going on? And, and all of a sudden it kicks off in that game. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time where Physically, there's you know there's so the, the the iconic shots are still like are on social media now, aren't they? Where they're grabbing, he grabs his neck and um, yeah, completely. And 9899 was actually a bit of a dressing down from United. What you had 97, 98, you had Arsenal and Vieira, new kid on the block, Wenger, a new manager on the block, wrestling the title from Man United in a great title race. 98, 99, you have Man United coming along and doing the unthinkable wing in a treble. But like I said, to one of you snatching another double from Arsenal, from under their noses. Essentially, what you've had is two really close title races. But 98-99, sorry, 99-2000, the year after, United pull away and they win the title quite comfortably. I think nearly 20 points from Arsenal, but they're miles clear. And I think there was that period where for two or three years, they would they go ahead and win the title in 2000, um, 2000 2001 as well. Again, I think quite comfortably. Um, mm. And... You know, Vieira at this point is turning in from a very talented individual 
into the new linchpin of Arsenal's midfield, would go on and be made captain in 2001-2002 season, um, mm. or sharing the armband, I think, with, with Tony as he was sort of finishing up his Arsenal career. Mm. And then I think what you've got is you've got the, the, the players at the peak of their powers. You've got Roy Keane in his very late 20s, early 30s, Vieira in his mid mid-20s, and you've got two absolute colossuses for about three years. Yeah, and we, we mentioned this earlier off-air, I think, that it wasn't it wasn't pure hate. I mean, you know, the whole story of Roy Keane with uh, Haaland at Man City. You know, for example, yeah. there was that real genuine hatred there. Vieira and Keane, it was, they, were, they were in two top, top football teams where, like, if people can't... If people maybe not as familiar with the Arsenal United history of that era, maybe younger fans now, they'd think, oh, Keane and Vieira were at each other's throats every time they played each other. They weren't. You know, there was there were three or four moments where it kicked off. But what what was fascinating about that rivalry and between the two clubs, but maybe the, those two players because that's the focus, is that it was always there, wasn't it? That tension was always there every minute of every match. You knew that it could kick off, but it didn't always. And it wasn't like there were just red cards left, right, and centre because there weren't. I mean, there were fixtures fixtures in between that era of two thousand and one, two thousand and four, where nothing really happened. I think Keane missed a couple of big games. Um, Omri, the, the wonderful Omri goal at Highbury, that was quite a boring fixture. You know, so it wasn't like every single time they played, they were, you know, biting each other. Because um, I think the next one after that, would you, I don't know if, if you would agree, but I'd say is probably, probably years later, back, obviously the tunnel incident, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail in a minute. But I don't think, I think there was just too much quality, wasn't there as well around that. I remember that team when we went unbeaten, we went we early on in that 03, 04 season. Vieira gets Vieira gets sent off, but it's for the Rude Van Nistelrooy incident. And actually, yeah, Roy, Roy not... Keane tries to calm him down. <laughs> well, yeah, but what you've got, you've, you know, the, when we when Arsenal won the title in 02, we obviously won the title at Old Trafford. And I, and I think, again, so you're right, that's not a direct head-to-head Keane-Vieira no, yeah. incident. But what you've also got then is these, these powerhouses of two individuals constantly colliding in their careers. And, you know, you've got Patrick Vieira coming and winning the league title. <laughs> on Roy Keane's patch. And again, so I think it's about that respect thing, like you say, but I think it was always bubbling there because for about 10 years, as you say, they always knew that if they didn't win the title, it would be the other one. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it was United's era. United won it more often than not. But I think that tension and that fear was there because United knew from 1996 all the way to about 2005 when Chelsea and Mourinho's first era, for those nine, 10 years, if they didn't win it, Arsenal were going to nick it. They, they both allude to that, don't they, years later now? Mm. Yeah. And they, I think, you know, you they, they, they got together and did the best of enemies, didn't they? And they named their their combined 11s. And mm. you can still see it bubbling under there now that they, they knew that actually they, they were up against another quality side here. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, but you're talking about other famous instances that stand out. Obviously, Roy um, Vieira getting sent off. Um, in the unbeaten season, you know, like all kicking off with Van Nistelrooy at the end. Mm. Again, that's Patrick Vieira up against Man United in the headlines. Um, and I, then, think, yeah. I think that was I think that was the first time in their rivalry where actually Roy Keane was trying to trying to keep Vieira out of trouble. Like, you know, that famous sort of he goes over to him and tries to pull him away and like. But maybe that was a little bit of sort of clever, yeah. clever tactical uh, behaviour from Roy. But and then the famous one, obviously, yeah, in in the tunnel where I oh, think well, I mean, it's, that's Vieira's that's got to be. That's got to be up there, hasn't it? In 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 Premier League moments, top tens for sure. Um, that's was it. Vieira was taking the mick, wasn't he, out of um mm. Gary Neville? And I think uh, Roy Keane took umbrage. Um, 
and yeah. I think yeah I see you out there yeah I see you out there and you know it's a you know United went and gave us a dusting on that game because um you know they they got the better of us that day but yeah famous Premier League moment not in the cup um, final at the end of the season no no that's true it's very true Arsenal and yeah and then you know again you, you say that and it's very true Patrick Vieira's last ever kick as an Arsenal footballer is mm. against Manchester United it's against Roy Keane it's, a, it's to win the FA Cup yeah, they, they both scored good penalties in that shootout actually yeah they did and you know their careers whilst Patrick Vieira is in England from 1996 to 2005 were so intertwined that you know you can't separate the two of them really um, for those that haven't seen it, I really would um, uh, sort of recommend people going to watch Best of Enemies. I'm sure you can find it online. Um, Arsenal, Vantam versus Man United, Keane and Vieira do their combined eleven. And um, we'll we'll shout it out. Um, but it's a great it's a great to watch the two the two as a dynamic. Bit of a spoiler alert going on here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a great show. They've got to go and watch it. The eleven that Roy Keane and uh, Patrick Vieira voted for was uh, Peter Schmeichel in goal, a back four of Tony Adams and Yapstam. Hard to argue. Lauren surprisingly right back over Gary Neville, which uh, quite a surprise, really, given the, the decade of top stuff from Gary. On the left back, they can't decide between them. They've gone for an Ashley Cole and Dennis Irwin split. Obviously, Vieira thinking it should be Ashley Cole and um, Roy Keane thinking it should be Irwin. Yeah, well, we we ran a poll the other day on Twitter, actually. He was the greatest left back in Premier League history and uh, lots of replies. Like all, Everyone just basically Irwin, Cole, Irwin, Cole, Irwin, Cole. So then I ran a poll a couple of hours later and uh, Ashley Cole took it 68%. Yeah, I, I think Ashley Cole is the finest left back, you know, the UK's ever seen. But in midfield, they went for, they had to have the pair of them in there. Fiera, Keane and then Hart. Wow, well, imagine those two together. You wouldn't have been able to get past them, really, would you? Um, flanks, they had Pires and Ronaldo. And then up front, Cantona and Henri. So a French double act. But I think that shows really interesting because you could still see it there. You could see this begrudging respect between the two of them. Hmm. That, that simmering... Mm. Ivory still there, and it's beautiful, really. And it's an era I think that um, I don't know about you, but I really miss from the Premier League. Probably because Arsenal were good back then; they're not right now. But yeah, hey. yeah uh, you, you, there's no there's no fan of sort of our generation really that that can that, that can argue with that. I don't think, to be honest. I mean, yes, the game has changed for the better in in many ways, but um, I think there's many reasons why you know Keane and Vieira wouldn't stay on the pitch these days for longer than 10, 15 minutes, you know, because but pl- players have changed. The rules have changed, but also players have changed. So it, you can't really compare. It's just a completely different sport. But um, yeah, I, I think they'd be picking up way too many red cards. There'd be a lot of suspensions going on, I think, wouldn't there? Oh, completely. It'd be great to see, wouldn't it? A bit of a battle. That would be, that would have been. Yeah, I think, I think it's, that's one thing about theatre and sport and, and, and the spectacle that they provided that, that, um, that isn't there anymore, really. And um I mean that's probably a, that's probably a podcast for another day, but but um, there's a reason why we haven't seen another Keenan Vieira, um, yeah. and a lot of that I think for me is down to just the rule changes and the fact that you know if you go to ground now you're running the risk of a yellow card, um, okay. so um, and if you put your hands on someone then you could argue it's 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 not even a question anymore that that's a red, you know? so. Um, that that incident we were talking about in 1999. I mean, there wouldn't even need to be there, you know, needed with there. So, um. yeah, I mean, we, there's some comments from the two of them that since, and I think Vieira said like, you know, the the, the very similar players in both determined, wanted to win, leaders of our teams. But he's, you know, they've also spoke about how they just both love to play against each other for that reason. You know, they actually they'd go toe to toe, wouldn't back down. Like you say, in the modern game, would be red cards and yellow cards galore. 
but you know they love the scrap and they love leading two top top football teams in the UK. I mean, there is obviously the famous quote in there in the Roy Keane uh, autobiography that says, "If it comes to a fight, the air would have killed him." Um, you know, Roy Keane sort of. Like, I think he recognizes that at sort of a five foot nine, five foot ten versus six foot four younger man Patrick Vieira might have dusted him down but yeah I think just just such immense, immense rivalries and immense players and like I said defined an era can you think of any other Premier League rivalries like you said the Ronaldo Messi one on a global scale is very different but arguably bigger but not necessarily as intense um but from the Premier League I mean Shearer and Keane hate each other as well common denominator there and Keane they really yeah I think there's there's probably a lot of rivalries that maybe we don't necessarily know about as fans as you know players genuinely not liking each other yeah. but in terms of rivalry we're talking Ali Fraser Borg McEnroe you know these are the reason these are up there in great lists is because of the intensity I think it's that, that what you used the word simmering earlier and I think it's bang on it's that constant knowledge that at any moment we could have we could have that blow up not that yeah. we necessarily want it all the time but because but, but the fact that you knew it could was was good enough <laughs> well and like i said i mean you know you just didn't don't have the same consistency of winners so you you know you're always going to get that happen like if you look at 1990 so premier league but is born united win the title in 93 united win the title in 94 blackburn surprise package 95 united 96 united 97 Arsenal 98, United 99, United 2000, United 2001, Arsenal 2002, United 03, Arsenal 2004. There's no other clubs involved in that. And yes, the game's become more sanitised. But over the last 10 years, so since 2010, we've also had how many different winners in the Premier League? Five? So is that Chelsea, United... Leicester, City, Liverpool. We've had five different winners in that, in, in that same period where we only had two. So you're obviously not going to get the intense club rivalry. You could argue over the last four years that City and Liverpool have been sort of teeing off against each other. But for a couple of years, City were kind of clear. Yeah, we're, this is, we're, we're, with Arsenal United, you know, we're talking basically a decade, aren't we? You know? Yeah, and also, you know, Liverpool's title, they won at a canter. Um, the first City title was pretty much a canter. One mm. went very close, obviously. Mm. Um, but apart from that, we are on, on the United-Arsenal ones. We're talking about going down to the last game, you know. Went down to the last game in 99. Mm. Arsenal overhauled a 13-point deficit in 1998. You know, United win on the last day in 99, as I say. 2002, Arsenal going and winning it on the Old Trafford pitch against them. Like, these are close rivalries for a decade pipping each other to the title. And I think that's another reason you don't get it today. A, the game's more sanitised, but you had two clubs going head to head and no one else really had a sniff. And mm. at the very heart, at the very core of that, you had Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane. What I'd be really, what I'd actually be really interested to, to find out is, my research wasn't obviously as thorough as it should have been, is that in that period, there would have been fixtures where one of them didn't play. And I'd really like to know if, if whenever the, one of them didn't play, if their team didn't get the result, you know, because I know we, we, we had there's a couple of occasions where we went to Old Trafford without Roy Keane. I think we turned them over, one of them in the, in the FA Cup that time. Yeah, it's a good um, point. That would be quite interesting. The impact, the impact that those individuals Yeah, yeah, because teams. they were, although there were a lot of great players in those two teams, you always felt like if this if this person gets the better today, like the, the chances are their team's going to win. And I, I'd like to, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't think of many occasions where Vieira missed a United-Arsenal fixture, to be honest. There's, there's probably one or two, but... 
No, it's a, it's a, it's a very good point. Did King, not, but, did King play on the night we won at Old Trafford to win the league? I'm not sure. I don't know if he did, you know. I'm not I mean, sure if he did. Probably look it up. Um, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember him playing. Let me just have a look now. I don't think he did. I can't remember him playing. That doesn't mean he didn't. No. Um, one thing I was going to draw attention though is to the, the, the importance that they had of their clubs. And I think you alluded to it right at the top of the... No, oh, he did. He did play. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, there you, well, there you go. Vieira turning over to win the title at Old Trafford. Yeah, Can't even remember. better. Yeah, even better. But you alluded to the importance of the players at the club. And I think that's absolutely right. When Patrick Vieira scored the FA Cup winning goal for Arsenal against Man United, against Roy Keane, both scoring in the, in the shootout, as we said... Arsenal then didn't win another trophy for nine years, you know. And I think what Roy Keane and what Sir Alex Ferguson clearly were able to do was become an integral part of the dressing room, but not the player that everything went through. And I don't think Arsenal ever replaced Patrick Vieira. I still don't think we've ever replaced Patrick Vieira. I mean, how can you? Um, but when when Vieira left, it was a far bigger impact on the pitch than any other player we've had leaving. Yeah, and, and we often have this... Well, we don't we don't necessarily debate it because I think we we deep down we we know and we we'd argue with with any Arsenal fan that uh, yeah the uh, Thierry Henry is arguably the best Arsenal player ever. You could maybe throw Burkamp into the mix if you wanted to, but in terms of the greatest and the most important, then I would debate you know Patrick Vieira all day long. And what what I said earlier on the pod is relevant now is that when he arrived, Vieira was very responsible for the the development of that football club on the pitch. So, I mean, a lot of massively about Dennis Burkamp, which argue, yeah, okay, fair enough. But in terms of making us that competitive, intense outfit, Vieira made us, you know. Like, I mean, friend of the pod, shout out, go and listen to the podcasts. We've been very fortunate to have Arsenal head photographer Stuart McFarlane join us a couple of times. And he says exactly the same thing, actually. He says that Patrick Vieira was everything to that club in the dressing room, on the training pitch, on the pitch. And when he left, it left a huge, huge hole. I was watching a clip of Arsenal in sort of 97, sorry, 2007-2008, and we had playing Thierry Henry, Robin Van Persie, Cesc Fabregas, Adebayor, Riziki. You can't tell me that side's not good enough to win league titles. That's unbelievable. Yeah, we did not have Patrick Vieira, who's already left the club at that point. And I just think the, 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 he was such a colossus. Whereas if you look versus Roy Keane, when Roy Keane um, left United in 2006, United then went on and won the next three league titles in 07, 08 and 09. They did the three-peat. And as great as their 90s era was, they only did the three-peat once in 1999-2001. Previous to that, they'd been upset by Arsenal or Blackburn. So actually, United were able to move on from Roy Keane far easier than Arsenal were able to move on from Patrick Vieira. You could argue that's just because they're a better club, they had more investment, mm-hmm. better manager at the time, all of that kind of piece. But it does show you the hole that Patrick Vieira left at Arsenal. And mm-hmm. for me, that's why I look at the two players, phenomenal rivalry. I think Vieira had the edge as a footballer and also the edge that everything kind of went through him. Whereas I think to Roy Keane's credit almost, he was a leader of that team for almost longer than he should have been. Than almost longer yeah. than his ability allowed I think, him to be. I definitely think at the end of their at the end of their careers at their clubs, I think there's a there's a massive difference in terms of how it was how it how it was sort of finishing really. You know, Roy Keane, it, it got a little bit messy towards the end, and he's fallen out with Fergie. They yeah. were they'd they'd sort of moved on, I think, and they, they were have. ready to move on. Whereas we definitely weren't. We were holding on to Vieira for three or four summers, weren't we? Trying to keep Madrid at bay, and then he goes off to Juventus. We finished second. In Vieira's last season, we win the FA Cup, finish second behind Chelsea, who who had an incredible season with Jose. 
But we finished, we didn't finish that far behind them that season, actually. And then what happens is, is the season after that, the last year at Highbury, there is just this massive drop off. And although we get to a Champions League final without Vieira, and we actually beat his Juve team on the way, but that was an incredible run in a cup, in a yeah. cup, in a cup tournament. Whereas in the league, there was just a massive crash. And and it was because Patrick Vieira had left, you know. Yeah. No, but two two players that defined an era, mm. um, you know, two players that defined lots of uh, memories in football fans' uh, minds, defined two fantastic teams and fantastic leadership. If you're looking for great leaders of football clubs over the last 30, 40 years, you, those two will always be named, and rightly so. Um, phenomenal players. Um, great rivalries. We're going to do a big series coming up of rivalries for sort of clubs as well, which I think that's going to be more interesting. This was a more a personal favourite. We wanted to do Roy Keane Vieira because just to enjoy two phenomenal captains. But looking forward to the upcoming series on, on rivalries of clubs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still in the same theme, so we you know get away with it. And um, yeah, we've got some really, really good episodes lined up. They'll, they'll be dropping on the weekends of the fixtures this season, which is quite cool. So we've got a Turkish one lined up with Fenerbahce, Besiktas, and Galatasaray. We've got a Roma and Lazio one coming up. We've got the Celtic Rangers, obviously. Uh, we've got one in Croatia with Zagreb and Dinamo. So yeah, a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a mixture, really. So hopefully, um, listeners look forward to those, and they'll be dropping on the fixtures this season. So look out for that. Yeah, exciting stuff. Keep following at HGO Football. Keep listening, keep subscribing, and we will speak to you soon. Take care.